Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I mean, we have so much to talk about. We're going to have to do the quickest intro ever. So my name is Simon Ward Culture. Thank you for joining me as always. And yes, this is the show Ups and Downs. We take the finger of power. We get the good bits up and the bad bits down. And today, we are doing it for AEW Full Gear 2021. Ooh, Delali, this was ridiculous. Breathe less up those doubts. What the hell do I even say when it comes to Darby Allen versus MJF? I mean, I don't know what you were expecting, and I don't know what I was expecting, which makes no sense because I am me, but take whatever it was and times it by around about 673, and that's what you've got here. I mean, flub me, this was wonderful. It started off not only with chain wrestling, but some of the best flippy dippy doodah stuff you've ever seen in your life, and straight away the fans were losing their mind watching this, as was I. And don't forget, over here in the UK, it was like 1am in the morning. So do you think my neighbours enjoy or like me now? No, they don't. And our relationship was bad enough after that whole fire incident. I don't want to talk about it. They then transitioned into storytelling as Maxwell started to hit headlock takeovers. And make sure you remember that like a telltale character. But after one of his moves, he tweaked his knee, which again, all tied into this. Darby then used that to start doing his own stuff, including that dive. And honestly... What a crazy arsenal he has. If I was about to go into war, I would recruit Darby Allen just so I could use some of this. After another beatdown, Darby then did his own version of the Undertaker sit-up, and honestly, you have to go and watch that. And this was also a wink and a nod to the dead man, because then these two fools were fighting on the apron when MJF, close your eyes because it's crazy, gave Darby Allen a tombstone onto the hardest part of the ring. I was just having kittens here. And as we've talked about before, I don't know what that means. There was also scorpion deathlocks and figure fours as the crowd ate all of this up, as they did when Wardlow and Sean Spears started walking to the ring with chairs. But of course, who stopped them? None other than Sting. And I flubbing love Sting. This all then permeated what was happening back in the ring, because Maxwell was given Darby out of his skateboard and saying, hit me, hit me, hit me, strike me down, and you will become stronger than you have ever been before. And while Darby Allen pretended he was going to do this, instead he gave it to the referee because he is a good egg. That was a terrible decision, though, because it meant the official wasn't watching. So Maxwell got the diamond ring. He punched Darby right in the face and then, yes, gave him a headlock takeover. 
I won the match. And do you remember what I said when he first started teasing this? I begged for it to happen. So I just want to say thank you. So seriously, I cannot say enough good things about this match. And at one point, they were just trading the most devastating moves in all the sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up. And they were just rolling around the ring. And some people out there are going, well, they did this same finish out there on the indie scene. I don't care if it worked there. Why wouldn't it work on a bigger stage? And you bet your ass it did. And it is getting an up. And the only reason it doesn't get a golden up is because I've gone back to promising only to give at least one a show, or should I say maximum of one a show, and it missed out by like this much. Go watch. And it was so up there, I felt sorry for whoever the hell was going to have to follow this. But it was the Lucha Brothers versus FTR for the AEW World Titles. And of course, they did it without breaking a sweat. They murdered each other at the start as FTR finally grounded their high flyers, but that was just a trick for the plan that was going to come later. And I just want to point out, somebody needs to go and get Ray Phoenix and do a bunch of experiments on him, because I totally believe he is not from this planet. He has been sent from an alien atmosphere or an alien part of the universe to come down to where we live and show us the ways of wrestling, because everything he does doesn't make sense. Penta, Cash and Dax were equally as good, and really, who is better in tag team wrestling right now? But we do need to go back to Phoenix because at one point he jumped off the top rope onto the second rope in order to avoid another move, took out somebody else before jumping back to the top rope and hitting another maneuver. Like I say, this is the equivalent of two plus two equals fish. You will sit there all day going, what the hell was he talking about? There was a beat down appendant to make you think that this was going to slow down. But yeah, right. That was never going to happen. Although FTR did tie Penta's mask to the bottom rope. And I swear they've become obsessed with that, even though it's really weird. This is when Penta got back in there too and just, pfft, that's my noise. Pfft. He was hitting cutters and flying drop kicks. He was zooming to the top rope. I wasn't actually able to make notes as fast as he was doing things. It scared the shit out of FTR who hit him with the AAA title belt and hit him with a brain buster. And I swear these get more scary every single week. And really, the Lucha Brothers would have won here if it wasn't for that darn Tully Blanchard. Because of course, Tully Blanchard kept going Tully Blanchard. What I mean by that is he was basically being an interfering asshole, but the Lucha Brothers still got on top here. And it was at this juncture where Ray Phoenix hit this frog splash that was so good he is probably now the leader of the Frog Kingdom. This was one of many shout outs on the show to Eddie Guerrero who did pass away 16 years ago, if you can believe it. And it was here when Cash Wheeler went to the outside and put on that weird lucha mask that he had worn when they were pretending to be those lucha doors. And he then started acting like, man, I've got brand new powers, as if he was the Green Lantern with the ring. I suppose they were the same colour. He then tried to win after putting his feet on the ropes, but thankfully the referee saw that. And then kind of out of nowhere, the Lucha Brothers just hit their spike pile driver and they got the one, two, three. Now I think this may have tied into an injury, hence why we went to the finish. But sometimes it ain't about the destination, it's about the journey. And this was one of the craziest journeys I've ever been on. It'd be like you're going down the road and every now and then you just veer off onto the pavement. Good grief. There was a twist here too because apparently the illegal guy was in the ring. So Tully Blanchard was freaking out after this. And I won't lie, thank goodness the commentators pointed that out because I never would have been able to see it. Too much went on. And then it was Brian Danielson versus Miro in the finals of the AEW World Title Tournament. And this is why I love the fact that AEW keeps hiring guys. Their roster is so deep, 
You could have three matches and all of them could be the flipping main event. The story was so good too, because even though the American Dragon was just blasting shot after shot after shot, if Miro ever hit him once, he just went down like a bag of sand, because of course he did. Miro has been treated like a monster, so here he coming at you like a monster. This kept happening as Brian dived through the ropes, but Miro just caught him and threw it around. And I was all like, see, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your stock is. We have established what Miro is. And now I'm just repeating myself. This meant Danielson had to rely on strikes. But yes, Miro would grab him and down Brian would go. And at this juncture, I was just like, I do not know who is going to win this. It really could go either way. Because of course, I love Brian Danielson. I love Miro. It was like watching your children fight. And that is a weird thing to say. Eventually, these kicks did start to wear Miro out. And this is when Brian Danielson started to go for all of his submissions that he has been showing us over the last few weeks. I don't want to be that guy, but it's almost like this was part of the plan. It was a knee bar that really caused Miro issues, but he was still able to get out of this and smash Daniel Bryan, excuse me, Bryan Danielson, with a German suplex. But after that, he was favoring his limb. I mean, if this had been a boss in a video game, that thing would have been flashing red. It really did feel like at one point Miro was just carrying Brian Danielson around as if he was going to chop him up like a tree. But actually, this became his undoing because within these moments, Danielson was able to get the energy back into his lungs. He hit Miro with a DDT. He then transitioned into a guillotine. And I don't care who you are. You could be flipping King Kong. If somebody is strangling you here and you can't breathe, you are going to go out. That's what happened. Brian Danielson is now your number one contender. Surprise, surprise. I am giving this it up. And really, truly, at this point, I was sat there going, well, this was worth my money, wasn't it? It actually could have faded to black and run the credits, even though wrestling shows don't run credits. And I would have been perfectly cool with it. My word, AEW does good pay-per-views. And then somebody, I think, in the back must have gone, it's time to give all our fans fun, which must stand for finally unlocking niceness. No, it doesn't. That's a stupid thing to say. But it was the super click taking on the Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. And I can't believe anything they did in this match. Up. It was false count anywhere, so once again you knew this lot was going to go insane. And we continue to sell the fact that Jungle Boy is turning into an angry man because he was out here in street clothes. And it was like, oh man, he gotta beat someone up. I'm not even sure how to go through this because it was proper break glass in case of emergency stuff. I mean, Adam Cole had a chair almost instantly, but that backfired on him because Christian gave him an inverted DDT on it. And then the Bucks were being double superflexed by Luchasaurus. Jungle Boy was doing dives. Once again, my hand does not write as fast as they're doing things. So what am I meant to do? As it turned out, we were going to brawl outside and truly ramp things up because Adam Cole got hurled into a chair and he started to bleed. And apparently blood is the signal to do around about 842 super kicks because I'm pretty sure that's how many we saw. Jungle Boy didn't like that, so he hurricane ran at Adam Cole over the top rope through a table. And that was stupendous. But Matt Jackson, he didn't want to be outdone, so he dived off the top and smashed Luchasaurus with an elbow through a table as well. Again, you could have ended it there and I would have been fine, but this thing was going to escalate like crazy. Because Christian and Nick Jackson were fighting in the crowd where Christian did this ridiculous dive that a man of his age does not need to do. <laughs> and then Adam Cole found a bag of thumbtacks and he stuck them in Jungle Boy's mouth. If I went out there onto the street and did that now, I would be arrested. Just to make this even worse, Cole then did that whole camel clutch, give me a kiss, kick thingamajig. And once again, there were Sharpie still things in Jungle Boy's mouth. 
I don't think you can fake that. A ladder was then involved because of course we just had to keep going up and up and up. But I started to laugh here because Nick Jackson found a trash can and he was smashing that around. But it felt like a downgrade. Because at this point, somebody could have pulled out a gun and I'd have been like, yeah, I saw it coming. Adam Cole then jumped off part of the entranceway to hit a Panama sunrise onto Jungle Boy. And I was thinking about permanently gluing my hand to my face so I could face palm all the time. And then it turned out this was just the start of even more madness, especially when it came to the super click. Because they got out some, I don't know, thumbtack infused knee pads. They found Luchasaurus and they all gave him the BTE trigger, but with their knees? I don't know how to explain this. I mean, how was this even real? Also, don't we think that Luchasaurus and his species have been through enough? And he certainly felt this way, because not only did he then give Nick Jackson a choke slam off the entranceway onto everybody else, but this six foot four, five, six beast then did a shooting star press into the army that waited below. You just have to go and watch it. And when you do, you watch it again, and you watch it again, and you watch it again, and you ain't ever gonna believe it. Everyone was just dead at this point, so Christian Cage was like, well, I know what I'll do, I'll do another concerto. But what has the story been? Turning Jungle Boy into serious man. So he said, no, Christian, I will do it. He smashed Matt Jackson with this. He got the one, two, three, and then we all went and got some sleep because who wasn't exhausted? So the Bucks just have to be one of the best tag teams ever. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy are gonna be super duper stars if they aren't already. Christian Cage remains an underrated gem. I can't remember what I said, but of course this is getting it up. What a great, great payment. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The pacing of this card then came good as well because it was Cody and Pat taking on Andrade and Malachi Black. So this meant we moved from the totally over the top into, well, here's some story. 
and I was kind of ready for it. Cody was the question mark in all of this, and as always, he did get some booze. But the real issue was he was so mad at Malachi Black and he was so mad at Andrade that straight away he blind tagged himself in. So Pac turned to him like, what are you doing, brah? This ain't cool. It led to the bastard being slightly off his game as he would have been. And by the time Cody did get in there again, he teased something that looked awfully like the pedigree. One day he's going to hit this. And as always, don't come in my house and go, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's not self-aware. Of course he does. I mean, just go watch his matches. Pac then remembered who he was and did this incredible dive over the top ropes. And this is when Andrade's assistant, Jose, and Arn Anderson started to get into it. So Arn just pulled a Gluck out of his pants and he shot him right in the head. I mean, he didn't do that, but he did do the whole finger gun thing and then he chased Jose to the back. This then tied into even more narrative because Pac was able to tag in Cody, but Rhodes was nowhere to be found because he was selling his injuries on the outside. And as you would imagine, this really annoyed the Geordie and it started to annoy the fans. But I don't mean to run this home. This is the whole point. So the big tease was, well, what is Cody gonna do? And eventually he did tag back in and he hit Superplex and a Lariat and a disaster kick onto Malachi Black while also getting Andrade into the figure four. Pac then tagged himself in and did a 450 like this was the most effortless thing in the world but it still went bad because he went for a dive and Malachi Black was all <laughs> and he pulled Cody in the way so they crashed together and you'd have to imagine they are actually going to fall out all this ended with Black and Rose going careering over the barricade so they were taken out of it and back in the ring after a short sequence between Pac and Andrade it ended with Pac hitting that Black Arrow wonderful thingamajig and getting the one two three but as ever this is far from done especially because after the fact FTR beat up Cody Rhodes. Where on earth is this going to end? The best part is there is so many unanswered questions. Like I don't think Cody is ever going to go fully blown heel, but certain parts of the audience have already decided he is. So my intrigue gland is turned on and I am giving it up. And then very sadly, the curse of the card hit home because when it was finally time for Britt Baker versus Ty Conte for the AEW Women's Championship, they were clearly so exhausted and they were so tired basically they just shut up and these two did more than a fine job too but because of the silence and because there were a few spots where it felt like the communication broke down a little bit this didn't really have the same pizzazz as some of the other matches on the show and as you know when it comes to ups and downs we do grave on a curve so we gotta give it a down and again if you do go out of your way to sit you won't be disappointed especially with ty conte who gets better each and every week but there was also story logic here because if you are fighting Britt Baker, you know she's going to come out with Rebel and you know she's going to come out with Jamie Hayter. Over the last few weeks, we have been told over and over again, oh, Ty Conte and Anna Jay, they are the best friends in the world. So why didn't Anna come out here to help her, buddy? I don't get it. And this was the problem too with Rebel and Hater just getting involved the entire time, including just pulling Conte out the ring at one point. And if Anna Jay had been there, I would hazard a guess that she would have helped. All of that did lead to this curb stop on the steel steps that made me go sheesh. And eventually Ty Conte got her own because she beat up Rebel and Jamie Hater. But then back in the ring, Britt Baker was going for the lock jaw. And then Ty Conte was like, no, I'm going to go for the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. But that failed. So Britt Baker then hit her with a surprise roll up. And she kind of got the weird win. So again, this was more than enjoyable and I had a good time. But because it did finish on a roll up and everything else I've talked about... 
Well, let's just move on to whatever is next. But I do want to make it clear. Britt Baker is a terrific champion. Ty Conte is just, as I say, improving all of the time. This one just didn't work for me. CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston then followed. And I'll be honest with you, I had no idea what to expect. CM Punk was also wearing MMA style shorts tonight. So that's a thing the internet can talk about until the cows come home. And straight away, before the bell even rang, Eddie Kingston did that spinning back fist thing and essentially knocked CM Punk out. And do you know what the crowd did? They cheered for Eddie. What a strange world we are living in. Eddie then cracked up about this, so Punk flipped him off and we were ready to go. And my word, this was just a fight. I mean, it was pure wrestling tennis with CM Punk going after Eddie Kingston and Eddie Kingston going after CM Punk. And if you had told me, hey Simon, they really hate each other, because I'm a massive nerd, I would have totally believed you. Also, imagine I had told you this a couple of months ago. CM Punk is gonna come back to the world of wrestling and basically kill it and then he is going to face Eddie Kingston, and every now and then you will hear some boo boo. You wouldn't have believed it. And of course he got plenty of cheers as well, but this is why this match had so much magic. I mean, there was also a both these guys chant at one point, so that kind of sums it up. But after Eddie Kingston had just nailed Punk right in the head, he started to bleed. So Eddie Kingston, he had a thought and he went, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take this blood, I'm gonna rub it on my head. Once again, if I do that outside, well, you ain't ever gonna see me again. Punk then did the John Cena back suplex and pretended he was gonna do the whole you can't see me thing until he went back to giving the bird. And I cannot tell you how much I love that. I mean, the AEW audience just went nuts here. Like, ah, I can't believe he did it. I really love self-aware wrestlers. There was a Three Amigos by CM Punk as well, which of course was another Eddie Guerrero tribute, but then they just decided, well, why don't you punch me in the face for a little bit and I'll punch you in the face for a little bit as well. And I don't think they were pulling these punches. I just think they were for you. They were so damn exhausted though, they kind of just collapsed in the corner and it totally looked like they did have no energy left. And when Eddie Kingston went for his back fist, unfortunately it didn't work, Punk did hit the GTS. He got the one, two, three, and I just started clapping. I just started clapping. This was so well put together. I mean, it was like nothing else on the card and you could feel the anger to such a degree that if the Emperor from Star Wars had been here, he would have been like, well, I'm absolutely gonna recruit these guys to the dark side. I mean, I can feel the evil. CM Punk also wanted to shake hands with Eddie afterwards, but he stormed off. So we are not done here, folks. And I still have this small part in my tum-tum that thinks that maybe Engadie Kingston is gonna go full on hill, but I don't care because they are both two well-realized characters that I totally understand when it comes to their intentions. I am giving this an up, and my word, it was so close to the golden up. The Inner Circle versus America top team was next. My word, this was a mess. And when I say mess, I mean that in the best way possible because it was almost like Chris Jericho and co had gone. We need to inject some utter ludicrousness into Full Gear 2021. And they did probably the best job anybody could have done and they are easily getting it up. I mean, it was just so much fun. Andre Arlovsky and Junior Dos Santos, do not forget, are not wrestling guys. They're MMA dudes, but they have transitioned across effortlessly. And because this was a Minneapolis or a Minnesota street fight, Every single weapon was themed because of that, including a sign 
that was dedicated to Prince. And Chris Jericho had this, he was smacking everybody. My word, I was enjoying myself. Dan Lambert also kept getting in there every single time he thought his boys had done enough work. And at one point he just ran around the ring flipping everybody off. And this guy has been such a good heel and he was absolutely channeling his inner Bobby Eden. People were also being whacked with hockey sticks, a toaster, there was a football at one point, and a bunt cake pan. And don't worry if you don't know what a bun cake pan is, because not only did the commentators let us know, but Jim Ross was all like, oh my God, the bun cake pan. This made me laugh so hard, and it just made me feel good inside. And don't forget, that's the whole point of any form of entertainment. And they did kick the crap out of each other too, do not get me wrong, this was ludicrous violence. And of course, it all boiled down to Dan Lambert standing in the ring. Chris Jericho popped up behind him. It was actually a great near fall too where Junior Dos Santos popped back up from nowhere and attacked Chris Jericho and it looked like Dan Lambert was going to beat him. But of course that did not happen. Jericho nailed him with a kendo stick for a while until he got a stapler. I can't believe I'm even going to say this sentence. And he stapled Dan Lambert's testicles. And yes, you heard that right. And this also had another lovely finish because Chris Jericho looked to the skies. He talked about Eddie Guerrero and then hit a frog splash onto Dan to get the one, two, three. I had such a good time. I cannot tell you how good a time I've had. I have been on dates and I've been to the cinema and I've been to bowling that wasn't as good as this. So next time somebody asks me out, I'm gonna show them and say, can you entertain me more? And if they say no, I ain't going. I mean, seriously, you will smile throughout the whole thing and never forget the power of a smile. We then had an out of nowhere surprise because it was announced that Jay Lethal has been signed to AEW and he's going to take on Sammy Guevara when it comes to Dynamite for the TNT title. So that was really cool. And then it was the main event, Hangman Adam Page versus Ken Ken Omega. And all I'm going to tell you is that you need to go and find 20 to 30 minutes of your life today in order to watch this because it is pro wrestling done right. To the point, it doesn't just get an up, it gets the golden up. And the best part about it all is that we knew it was going to happen. I don't think anybody out there actually thought Hangman Adam Page wasn't going to become the champ, but because he's an amazing babyface, we will him on to succeed. And once again, that's what pro wrestling should be doing. It should be allowing you to emotionally invest with these characters to the point, even though you know what's going to happen, you'll be terrified of it not. I cannot say enough good things about this. Hangman's story has also been wonderfully handled and been going on for the past three years. And because Don Callis was in Kenny Omega's corner and was interfering from the word go, that was enough to plant that seed where you're like, well, I suppose there is a small chance this won't go the way I want in. So now I'm a bit scared. I mean, this was basically the way for a while as well. Kenny Omega would do some moves. He kind of panicked that it wasn't keeping Hangman Adam Page down. So he'd chuck him to the outside and Don Callis would give him some shots. Omega even pretended that he was going to go for a buckshot lariat of his own but when that didn't work he just threw Adam out the ring and hit him with a dive and yes at this point you're like oh my gosh it doesn't look good for our hero. This got worse for Kenny when he got hit with the you can't escape but Kenny Omega was a liar on this evening and Hangman was able to get his knees up and then he just went absolutely crazy cray including this moonsault from the top to the outside. I mean, we just treat that like a transition these days, but have you ever done it? Believe you me, when you get up there, you're gonna sh yourself. This also sent the fans wild who started their own cowboy ship chant, and maybe Hangman could have won here because he had a bunch of near falls until Kenny Omega remembered that one of the moves he has is the dragon suplex. Because Kenny went into his bag of tricks and hit a ton of these, including one on the apron, 
He then followed up with a V-trigger and he was going for the one-wing angel, but thankfully Hangman Adam Page was able to get out of it. They then hit the Let's Get Nuts button sponsored by Michael Keaton, because this thing then went into the stratosphere. Because not only was there a blockbuster from the top, not only did both guys go crashing through a table, but when Paige finally went to hit the buckshot lariat, that damn Kenny Omega got the referee and threw him in the way. This is when Don Callis decided he didn't care anymore, so he was gonna wallop Hangman Adam Page with the title, but this was the moment for the cowboy to get his revenge on him. But in all that fracas, Kenny Omega then got the championship. He was gonna hit Hangman Adam Page. Hangman got out of the way again. He hit the dead eye when Orby Edwards ran down for the one-two kick out. My word, that was well done. They then traded V-triggers and forearms like that's just something you do. And when Hangman went for the buckshot again, he was met by yet another V-trigger. He then tried and failed with the one-wing and angel once more, but Hangman Adam Page hit his own for yet another near fall. At this point, I was like, I'm gonna have to lay down. I don't know what's gonna happen. He did follow this up with a buckshot lariat to the back. And then in one of the most emotional moments you could ever hope to see in wrestling, Matt and Nick Jackson, who had come to ringside at this stage, clocked eyes with Hangman. And if you can believe it, the young box gave him a sly nod as if to say, oh, our former friend, you can do it. And then all of a sudden somebody was chopping onions, which was very strange because it was early in the morning in the United Kingdom. I mean, this will be the nod that brings down Troy and then Hangman used this to hit the buckshot lariat properly and he pinned Kenny Omega and the ref went one and the ref went two. And when the ref went three, it was like three years worth of storytelling just hit me at once. And I felt all warm and fuzzy in my tum tum. We got a brand new champ. Just when you think there couldn't be more too, the Dark Order came down to celebrate with Hangman and he basically chose to celebrate with them over having some booze. So how the hell is all of this so deep? It must have been what the Bee Gees is singing about. So it was brilliant, it was wonderful, it was tremendous, it was stupendous, it was any positive word you could come up with. They couldn't have done this better and it made this bald guy's weak. It also brought us to the end of AEW Full Gear and it was just a great pay-per-view. It's as simple as that. I know there's a bunch of negative Nazis out there, but I can just ignore you and be my old positive Pete self. So overall, it is getting it up. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.